0: Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. I don't know if you realize it, but nature is said to take the path of least resistance. And uh, when you look at rivers like the Songo River, for instance, you you will notice that this river does not run in a straight line. It takes the path of least resistance. Wherever the sand is softest, where it collapses the most easiest, the water will follow that path and run down towards the sea. I've discovered that it's not only nature that takes the path of least resistance, but us as human beings tend to do it too. We want the easy way out. When our marriages don't work and we've tried and tried, we just take the path of least resistance, which is leaving and divorcing, and then we say it's for the sake of the children and for the sake of peace. When we don't see a breakthrough in our lives, we try something else, or we take the path of least resistance. When we don't see God doing what we want Him to do, we take the path of least resistance and we stop coming to church, and we watch online, and then we stop watching online, When we see that we're not getting the breakthrough in prayer, we take the path of least resistance, which means we stop praying. It's time we started pressing through. And especially when it comes to praying for our country, that is, too, we need to keep on. Because quick things don't bring breakthrough. It's perseverance that brings prosperity. It's perseverance that brings success. It's perseverance with God that brings the breakthroughs from heaven. And we mustn't accept failure, take the path of least resistance, we need to press on. I believe, and I want you to see this on the screen, I'll put it on the screen, I believe we should not take the path of least resistance, but the path of greatest persistence. Don't take the path of least resistance, take the path of greatest persistence. And today I'm not just talking about persevering, I want to speak to you on the power of persistent prayer. Some prayers are answered quickly, and God works like that, and we need to pray and expect it. But sometimes you need to pray prayers of persistence until you see God doing something in your life. It's easy to give up believing and to pray and praying and quitting. And you know, I read this somewhere, an anonymous person said this, the quitting response, that desire to give up, follows from the belief that whatever we do, it doesn't matter. Do you feel that about? Do you feel this about South Africa? Sometimes I have felt like that. It doesn't matter what we do or pray. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No, we've got to persist, keep on, keep on, keep on, and God will give us small signs, and then He'll give us the the breakthrough. And uh, I can feel about like that about our country, but it's it's not the way we ought to be. To illustrate this, you, I was reading an interesting thing, a little story that was uh, that that was in an article I read. And uh, it, it, it's like this, a woman uh, got home from holiday, and this has actually happened to us, and realized, oh, I'd left something in the hotel, and it was an expensive watch. So she immediately found the hotel and said, I left my watch in the room on the bedside table. Uh, so the manager said, just hang on, I'll, I'll go up to the room. What number was it? And he went up quickly, and he found it. And uh, so glad that he could find it, took it downstairs, put it in the safe. Then he went back to the telephone, and he picked it up. She had hung up. And I think we do that with God. We pray, but we haven't got the time to wait. Unless you answer me like that, about that which is valuable. And we need to persist. We need to keep praying. And we need to hold on the line until God comes through. I'll read you a key text in a moment, but I want to say a few things by introduction. And then we'll get to a key text and I'll look at four things we can do. And, and, and look at the power of persistent prayer. But in Luke 18, Jesus told a parable about a widow and a judge. And it says, one day Jesus told the disciples a story to show that they should always pray. Notice that absolutely, always pray and never give up. Gosh, And this widow, he says, went to this judge repeatedly. She kept on nagging him. And even though he had no feeling, he was corrupt, he didn't care about anybody, because she kept coming, she got her request. And then he says, well, not God. In other words, God's not an unjust judge. If you persist, you'll get it too. So always pray and never give up. And she badgered him, kept going. Until she got what she wanted. We forget sometimes that Jesus prayed three times in the garden. Three times. Why did he pray three times? Why didn't he pray once and go, okay, cool, I get it. No, he prayed three times in the garden. He persisted. In prayer, the Bible says Paul prayed three times that God would take the thorn in his flesh away. It seems like it was people that were attacking him. It wasn't a physical thing. It was people because the Old Testament says that the enemies of God that you're allowed to live will be thorns in your side. And so Paul prayed three times. He didn't just pray once and we need to keep praying. You see, the great, here's the truth. The greater the desire to quit, usually the greater the reward on the other side. When when, when there's a a sense in you that you want to give up, you you probably find that if you went on, there'd be an amazing result on the other side of your marriage trouble, the other side of your financial trouble, the other side of your mental trouble, the other side of our country. South Africa could be amazing, but we need to keep praying as the church. Our job is not to protest, it is to pray. Can you say amen? Amen. D.L. Moody said this, he said, some people think God does not like to be troubled with our constant coming and asking. The way to trouble God is not to come at all. We need to come and we need to trouble Him. And Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 tells us, let us not become weary in doing good, prayers doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up, if we persist. The King James Version says this it says, For in due season we will reap if we faint not. If we, huh. and they say the Greek word there that was used for faint is actually quite accurate in the King James. It's, this, it's the term that they use. In fact, it means this it means to loosen or to become relaxed. And it's used of a bow and arrow. You know, bow and arrow, you, you, you have a string on it. And in the old days, when they hunted, it was made of animal skin. That, that string was not string. It was animal skin. And so when you finished hunting for the day, you would unhook it. Otherwise, it would lose its tension over time. And eventually, your bow would be useless. So when you were looking and hunting and waiting for something, and there were, you were expectant that there was an animal, and you kept looking and you kept looking, but there's nothing. And then you look again, and you walk through the trees, and, and, you, and you look, and there, there's nothing then you unloosen the bow, that's what faint is. It's like, there's nothing. And we mustn't be like that. We must stay strung. There's nothing now, but it's coming. Sometimes we live unstrung instead of living in expectation. And we give up and we don't persevere. You know, some of the great successes in the world, because, because people have persevered, Many of you would know Jack Canfield. He was the, uh, f- him and uh, uh, Hanson founded the books Chicken Soup for the Soul. I mean, incredible thing. They went to 150 publishers. And you know what most of the publishers said to them? <laughs> they said, this so funny. They said that uh, uh, most people don't want to read inspirational stories. When they got to 100 publishers declining them, their agents said, I think you should give up. And he gave up on them. But today there are 250 different Chicken Soup for the Soul books. 500 million copies are in print. And the interesting thing here, in fact, the lesson in it, is persevering in life pays off. But persevering in prayer pays off even more. And I can tell you that as an older person, we have persevered in prayer for this church. We have persevered in prayer for our marriage. We have persevered in prayer for our children. And today we see two of our children in ministry. My son running the Carl campus with his wife. We have seen his his wife have a miracle child. We have persevered in prayer for what we want to see. And we must not live unstrung. We must stay ready and we must pray. And I want us to read a key text now that teaches us this principle from the book of 1 Kings. Now before I read 1 Kings 18, because you know it well. And I'll only unpack it with four simple points this morning. The context of 1 Kings 18 is the prophet Elijah is challenging the king of Israel called Ahab and his wife Jezebel. They worship false gods, they worship Baal, and they worship Asherah, and so he challenges them, and he goes up the mountain and he builds an altar, and they build an altar, and he says, call on your God and let fire come down and let him respond, and bear in mind Baal was the God of rain. And so there was a drought for three and a half years. Elijah had prayed and the drought had started. And now they were in the middle of drought and he uh, challenges them 450 prophets of Baal, 400 of Asherah, 850 in all. And Elijah prays, we don't have time to read it all, a 66 word prayer. Nothing dramatic, nothing emotional. He just asks God, to let fire fall and for God to show Himself, and here's the thing I want you to note today: God answers immediately. A simple prayer, no. Ha, ha. Some people think if you go to a prayer meeting and you, ha, 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 God will go. No, you just you just talk to God. You don't go to the bank manager and ha, ha, I want a loan. No, you just can I have a loan? I need some money. This is my assets. If you, ha, 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 the bank manager will throw you out. We're approaching the throne of grace. There's so many weird things in the Christian world, I'm not surprised people don't want to come to church. There's weird stuff. We call it we call it the move of the Spirit. No, it's not. You misunderstand the Bible. 66 simple words and fire comes out of heaven. Fire. How many times have we read that in the Bible? Gosh, it's a reoccurrence. Shoo. The simple prayer is answered immediately and fire falls and the sacrifice is consumed and the people go... God is God. I mean, what else can you say? And uh, they rise up and they kill the 850 prophets of Baal. So, then Elijah responds and, and, and reckons in his, in his ministry now, God has held the rain. I prayed about it. And God has shown himself through drought. And you, you, he's showing you, you need to come right. And you stop worshiping. Now there's been a direct demonstration He has shown you that he's more powerful than your false gods who can't bring rain and uh, you shouldn't serve. And and, and can I just say this to, to you just in the middle of me saying this? We've got to stop accommodating false gods and false beliefs and being politically correct. Are you afraid? He wasn't afraid. He stood before the king. One man alone. In fact, he said, I'm the only one serving you, Lord. There were 7,000 others. But there's a courage that's needed today. But we accommodate everything. What, are we trying to fill the building or what? No, we we must be making disciples. And there is only one true God. He controls the weather. He controls the environment, by the way. He controls everything. And he has destined this planet for a span nonetheless. He then challenges Ahab. And he says this to him. And I want us to pick the text up there. And so you will understand the context. This quick prayer, short prayer, immediately answered. We then read this. Are you with me? And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. Notice it wasn't raining yet. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. In other words, you can consume now because there's going to come crops. You don't have to conserve your food and drink, there's coming a time of abundance, and but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, he bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees, go and look toward the sea, he told his servant, and he went up and looked, there is nothing there, he said, seven times, Elijah said, go back, can you see, persistence, God answered his prayer and fire fell immediately. But in this instance, God is saying, I want you to see something in the spirit and hear something in the spirit that other people can't see or hear and I want you to pray it into being. The seventh time the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, Now, there's only a cloud the size of a man's hand. Go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you because it's really going to come down. Meanwhile, the sky sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. A heavy rain started falling, and Ahab rode off towards Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and he tucked his clothes into his belt, and he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. No rain was visible, no one could see anything, no one could hear anything, but he saw and he heard it, and then he prayed it into being. And you know, it's the most interesting thing, do you know why he tucked his cloak in and ran ahead of the chariot? He didn't want Ahab now to acknowledge him as a man of God and invite him into his chariot because that would weaken his ministry. He wanted him to know that God could do things on his own without the king's political power and so he ran ahead of the chariot, and that's when he got to Jezreel, and that's when Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you, but nonetheless, you need to understand the context of scripture, because we can learn a lot from it, seven times he prays, no one heard anything, but he saw it, and James tells us about Elijah, by the way, James, this is the Lord's brother who wrote the book of James, he was known as Old Camel Knees, Because he prayed so much that his knees got all knobbled, and they referred to him as old camel knees. He was a man who understood prayer. And he says this of Elijah in James chapter 5. He says, Elijah, I love this, was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. So he stopped the rain. Then it says, again he prayed, and it's implied that it was earnestly again, as we've just read, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Three years of no rain, you can forget what rain is like, and then it starts again, and it starts pouring, and uh, prayer is the greatest privilege, but it's also the greatest responsibility of a Christian. And we need to pray, and we need to lean in and keep praying until we see God's full release over us. If you've had lack during COVID, don't think one or two visits to church on the weekend and a prayer in the service for prayer requests is going to bring release. You may have to pray it through until, a, until your bank account, the, you know, the, a small speck appears, and then gradually the increase flows until there's pouring financial blessing again. Your business, your home, your family, your marriage, we need to persist in prayer, and uh, God will give us great grace. You know, the early church was birthed in prayer, and Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer, but we make it a house of preaching, we make it a house of singing, and those are great things, but we must begin to pray, and pray through until we see the solution. Alexander Strouch is an author, and he said this, he said, in every congregation, spiritual problems and physical needs exist, for which the only solution is believing persistent prayer. Every congregation's got problems. Every church has got problems. What's the answer? Not better pastors who can counsel better, who've got degrees. No, persistent prayer until we see the breakthrough. The late A.C. Dixon was a great man of God, and he said this. He said, when we depend upon organization, we get what organization can do. When we depend on education, we get what education can do. When we depend on money, we get what money can do. When we depend upon singing and preaching, we get what they can do. But when we depend on prayer, we will get what God can do. How many many of you want what God can do? Let me give you four things about the power of persistent prayer that we learn from this little passage we recently read. Number one, it shows faith in God and respect for divine timing. When you keep persisting in prayer, it shows that you believe God, but you also have respect for divine timing. When you stop praying, it means you want it now, you want the path of least resistance, or you're not going to pray. No, you, sh- you show that you believe God and that you have faith in God, but he's also got a timing. I mean, you know, there's a timing of God. That's why it says in Galatians, in due season, at the right time, God moves when he wants to move, and he causes us to pray. And Elijah prays, and, and fire falls after just a short prayer, but in this instance, God determines that he needs to pray it through. Why? We don't know. Other than it's the Lord wants us to be serious with him. Donald S. Whitney said this. He said, sometimes a failure... To persist in prayer proves that we are not serious about our request in the first place. At other times, God wants us to persist in prayer in order to strengthen our faith in Him. Faith would never grow if all prayers were answered immediately. Persistent prayer tends to develop deeper gratitude as well. So we don't develop as people when we pray quick prayers and give up. When we persist, we, we learn to be grateful and our and our faith goes the great charles spurgeon said this he said i know we sometimes feel as if we must not and dare not pray we have become so dull so lifeless so unworthy that we do not expect to be heard and feel as if it would be presumption to cry but our heavenly father loves to hear his children cry all day long if you can cry to jesus he will joyfully hear you if you will give him no rest He will give you all the rest you need. The Lord finds music in his children's cries. You know, it can seem almost like God wants to hold out on you, but I don't think God holds out on us. I think God wants to see how serious we are. How much do you want this? How much do you want South Africa to get better? Oh, Lord. Will it make any difference? Do you really care, he's asking. Remember the Syrophoenician woman? Greek woman who came to Jesus and wanted her daughter to be healed, and Jesus said, now I've come to the Jews, you're a Greek, my first responsibility is to the nation of Israel, and she said, yes, but, you know, even the dogs in a house eat under the table, you know, the people who own the house, and and, and Gentiles, uh, people outside of the Jewish nation were often referred to by the Jews as dogs, and so she, she was making an analogy, and Jesus said to her, because of your faith, go, your daughter is well, why didn't he heal the daughter the first time? Why did he say no, then say yes? Because she persisted. I don't fully understand that. Jesus' mission was to the Jews, but all I understand is she persisted. And she showed faith, and it was rewarded. And it can seem sometimes God holds out on us, but he wants us to strive. Remember Jacob wrestled with the angel? The Bible says he wrestled with the angel all night. You know, if I was the angel, i like, like 2.30 in the morning. It's like enough, man till daybreak. Why? It seems like the the, the Bible seems like God's hiding. No, he's not. He wants to see the level of faith, and he wants to see if you understand divine timing. God is not like an auto bank. He's not like our TV where you can change channels at will. He wants you to believe in him and wait on him and persist, and there is divine timing that we need to rely on. J.C. Ryle said this. He said, we are sometimes tempted to think, that we get no good by our prayers, and that we may as well give them up altogether. Let us resist the temptation. It comes from the devil. Let us believe and pray on. Let us be sure that no time is so well spent in every day as that which we spend on our knees. Jesus hears hears us, and in his own good time, will answer, will give an answer. He may sometimes keep us long waiting, but He will never send us empty away. Have you given up? You know, there's no such thing as answered prayer. God's delays are not God's denials. We need to press through. The second thing about persisting and the power of persistent prayer is we can start and stop things through persistent prayer. Do you realize that? You can start things and you can stop things through persistent prayer, I think it's pretty amazing. What habit is there in your life that you want to stop? Don't think some flippant prayer in the morning. It sounds like a swear word, eh? Some flippant prayer in the morning. A, don't get up and, oh Lord, help me. I, I, I'm, I'm having too much to drink. Amen. And then you expect that night to feel that great resistance. Hmm? Oh, you need to persist. Done it again, Lord. I, I have had a drink and I've had a second, and I know I shouldn't be doing that. And it's weakening my character and it's weakening my resolve. And it's not good for my body, Lord. And it's not good for my family. It's not a good example to my family. And I come to you again in the name of Jesus that you would help me with what I can't help myself. What is it you want to stop? What habit do you want to stop? What issue? Are you spending money and you can't control it? Pray, persist until it stops. He stopped the rain for three years. Pray stops things. And pray starts things. You want to stop the corruption in South Africa? We're going to have to pray persistently. We're going to have to fast and pray. We're going to have to come to prayer meetings and we're to have to pray at home. Lord, I bring South Africa to you again. The dirt in South Road is unbelievable. We've got more people working for the South African government than has ever worked for them in history. But the place is more filthy than it's ever been in history. Why, Lord? Please stop it, Lord. We are paying taxes, Lord. We're contributing up, we're doing our part, we're being faithful. The receiver of revenue is taking in more revenue, but we seem to be worse. I will continue to pray until I see this thing stopped in Jesus' name. We've got to pray. And we can start and stop things. We can stop evil and we can start blessing. And you know, the end of rain was the end of lack. What is there you want to see a release in? Pray, God, There's been such a difficult time during COVID. The devil has stopped everything. I pray that you'd start the flow again. The flow of income, the flow of turnover in businesses, the flow of business opportunities, the flow of people calling in, mailing me, seeing my adverts, Lord, I pray. I'll tell you one of the things that disturbs me in South Africa is everybody is just so passive. We're like a bunch of zombies walking around waiting for something. When are you going to bless me? Instead of getting up and praying and working, nothing happens by itself. And if we take the path of least resistance, we won't see anything happening. Pray about your marriage. Pray for certain things to start in your marriage. If you've got a sexless marriage this morning, people are embarrassed about this. They talk about it on social media. Every single movie displays sex and swearing. But when we talk about it in church, I didn't think it was appropriate on Mother's Day. What's the matter with you? you got a sexless marriage, that's the danger sign. That could be the thing that leads you into adultery. It even leads pastors into adultery. Pray that that thing would stop and that, it would, that, that, that your marriage would revive and start again. If there's constant arguing, pray that it would stop and that joy would come again. What do you want to stop? What do you want to start? It happens through persistent prayer. He prayed. And you know what? When you pray, you see small signs. God begins to do something. The end of lack and the beginning of blessing came through prayer. Warren Wiersbe said this. He said, history shows how mankind has progressed from manpower to horsepower, and then to dynamite and TNT, and now to atomic power. But greater than atomic power is prayer power. Hmm? When you pray, your prayers go up, and then God comes down. And Elijah prayed, and fire came down. But then he prayed, and a cloud went up. And you've got to persist in prayer. In the book of Revelation, there's a there's a remarkable verse. I don't want to read it all this morning, but you can if you're making notes, you can write it down. Revelation chapter 8. It says, the prayers of God's people are gathered up at the altar in a censer. And as the prayers come up, the angel gathers them, and then the Bible says, and then he takes them, and he throws them down to earth and there are peals of thunder and flashes of lightning. Your prayers go up, and they go up, and it takes a while, but they're gathered by God, and then he goes, that's it, bam! And he starts doing something on it. Things start and things stop through prayer. And God wants to bless us and meet our needs. Number three, this is the power of persistent prayer. Are you being helped today? It sees the breakthroughs before others do. You can't pray persistently unless you see something before everybody else. Elijah saw and heard the rain before anything appeared. You need to have a vision of what you pray for. This is what I see. This is what I hear. And you begin to pray. And as you keep praying, it it solidifies because you're praying about it. And uh, if you think about this, Elijah saw it seven times sooner than his servant. And people talk to you and like, no, you're crazy. You're super spiritual. No, I'm seeing something seven times sooner than you. Yeah. How many of you remember when we were in the building next door that I talked about this building yeah. that I told you when the owner, when the man lived here. Remember the man who lived here and his he swimming pool was here, right where you're sitting. And I used to say, church, stretch your hands out. And some of the people are like, <laughs> 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 it's what pastors do. Because we saw it, and we heard it, and we prayed it. We prayed it into being. Hmm? You forget this church 30 years ago. And it's our 30th year this year. Hey, by the way, we will, have, we will celebrate 30 years since we came here to 70 people. When there's just that little building on the corner there where people say, where are you? Look at it today. It's through prayer. I remember the prayer meetings. We used to fast and pray every January. Up in my, in my office overlooking Santon, there was nothing here. You could, you could see Marlborough. And we'd all crowd around the window. Lord, we declare and we pray today. We trust your word. We speak your word and, and your promises and we pray them and we see it and we hear it. And this, this place will be overrun with people. One house, two house, three house, four house, five house, six house, seven house, more. You've got to see the breakthroughs before others. And he, he asks his servant, what do you see? What do you see? Because he could see it, and his servant said, there's nothing. But he says, go back. Go back. Go back. Keep looking. Do you remember the Lord said that to Ezekiel? Valley of dry bones. What do you see? Do you see bones, or do you see an army? Hmm? The disciples, they saw five loaves and two fish. It was it's just nothing. No, it's, it's the cloud the size of a man's hand. If you can see it, that can feed 5,000. And you've got to see it and you've got to pray it. I love that song we sing. Uh, Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. That song is great because Jesus said this in John 5 and verse 17. Jesus said, my father is always working and so am I. If you realize God is always working, you won't stop praying. Because you'll know he's wanting to work. I need to keep talking. I need to keep praying. But we so easily take the path of least resistance. You know what I love about this story? Elijah was a man just like you and I. He wasn't up here. He wasn't in a different category. I get encouraged by that because I know if I can just break through my flesh and the path of least resistance and see what God sees, I can pray and breakthroughs will come. You know, I had a thought the other day when I was reading something, and you know the Grand Canyon, I don't know if any of you have been, of you have been there, I've wanted to visit the Grand Canyon, but just never had the time, I was about 50 miles from there, you know, 75 kilometers, and I just never had a chance, but the Grand Canyon, if you stand on the edge of it, and you look down, it's, it's awe-inspiring, I mean, even this picture here, it's awe-inspiring, you know how many people fall down there every year, I think it's 50, 50 people fall and die there every year, quite scary, eh? And, uh, but if you stand there and you look down, it can be like, it's huge, it's vast, it's massive. But you know what's interesting? If you got into an airplane and you flew over it, and you see it from the air, do you know what happens? You can see the beginning from the end. Suddenly that vast, deep hole becomes, uh. and when we pray, sometimes we look down a deep hole God looks down from heaven and he sees the end from the beginning. We need to start seeing like him and then we'll be able to pray. Don't see the chasm. Don't see what's not there. See what's possible and begin to pray. Jim Cimbala wrote a book on prayer called Breakthrough Prayer, or Prayer Breakthrough, and he said, in too many churches today, people don't see manifestation of God's power in answer to fervent prayer. Persistent calling upon the name of the Lord breaks through every stronghold of the devil, for nothing is impossible with God. And he says this, for Christians in these troubled times, there is simply no other way. Number four, the fourth thing about the power of persistent prayer is it sees the small signs and knows big things are on their way. You need to keep praying, and then God will start giving you small signs. Do you know, I have not seen many cancers healed in my life, but I've seen a lot of aches and pains. That's why I keep praying for the sick. And when I pray for the sick and I see, "Oh, Sansa's back was healed. Sansa had a cyst. So-and-so had this. I keep praying because that's the cloud, the size of a man's head. I wonder if I keep praying that, maybe over the years I'll start to see. Then I start seeing people have children. I've prayed over many people in the congregation who are barren, and I've seen them have children. You see, you first see it, it's first like this, then you pray, Then eventually it's a storm of healing. But we give up. But persistent prayer says, I see the small, and I know something big is on the way. You remember when Jesus walked on the road to Emmaus with the disciples, he first chatted with them. First chatted and said, so, so what's going on? I don't you know what's going on? You're the only one who doesn't know what's going on. You know, this is Jesus was crucified, and, and then Jesus starts sharing with them, and he starts sharing with them, and they begin to get the impression. Hang on a minute. And then finally he disappears and they realize. You see, it was like the cloud, the size of the man's hand. But because they kept walking with him, that's my point. They kept walking with him. First it was was a finger, then it became a a hand, and then eventually it was, "Ah, that was Jesus. But we give up because we don't see anything. Persistent prayer, when you pray persistent prayers and you're a person who doesn't give up, you'll see the small signs that God shows. My time is up this morning, and I wanted to close by telling you a story about a lady called Janelle Guzman Macmillan. She wrote a book called Angel in the Rubble, she was on the 13th floor of the second tower when those planes flew into the World Trade Center and they came down and she was trapped in the rubble. In fact, she was the last woman to be extracted from the rubbish and all the steel, uh, the, the last surviving one to be extracted from that rubble. And she tells the story, I can just condense it, on how she, you know, the buildings collapsed on her and she woke up. She's an African-American, she had braids, and she said she could feel the braids were trapped under certain concrete blocks, and in order to just get a bit of movement, she would break away and she'd feel like the raw went to drip the skin open. And she lay under there for 27 hours. How many of you know it's a long time? Legs trapped, body trapped, head trapped, hair trapped. And she prayed, and she didn't stop praying. She prayed persistent prayer. And she said, Lord, please, would you show me? I want to live. I want to get through you. Would you please show me a sign? And it's like the cloud the size of a man's hand appeared. Not, not literally. She said she saw somebody coming, and, and she could see through a crack, but he couldn't see her. And so she kept calling, and then they went away. And she said, oh, God, would you please give me just a small sign of hope? She said a hand came through. And the guy said, I'm Paul. I'm Paul, take my hand, and he took her hand, and he said, they're coming, just hang on, and he held her hand the whole time, and then she could hear people coming, and as she's stuck in a delirium, 27 hours, lying there, trapped, aching, broken bones, she ended up in hospital for weeks afterwards, but anyway, she's holding his hand, holding his hand, eventually they start removing The the, the metal and stuff. And she says, he he let go of my hand. And they they, they removed rubbish and they worked and they used jacks and all sorts of things. they got her out after her praying this persistent prayer. they put her on a stretcher and she asked them, where's Paul? Where's Paul? And they said, there's no one by the name of Paul here. There's no one on any of our teams called Paul. She's in the hospital for weeks. She's asking, where's Paul? But you know what it was? It was the cloud the size of a man's hand. God gave a sign because she wouldn't give up, she wouldn't give up praying, and I want to ask you today, what are you facing? What are you, are you trapped under a lot of rubbish? Is your marriage in trouble? Is there lack of finances? It hasn't rained for years now, and there's been a lack. You need to keep going to God. Don't think that the 66 word prayer that brought fire is enough. There's another dimension that requires faith and requires the timing of God and God's delays are not God's denials. God's got a bigger picture that he's working on. There's many pieces in the world that he needs to work, but he wants you to keep coming, keep coming. There is power in persistent prayer. We can stop stuff and we can start stuff in Jesus' name. Do you believe that this morning? We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.